0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You're listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel where we provide you with the latest information in healing consciousness training and all cutting edge healing modalities featuring experts in their fields including authors musicians and artists making life brighter will be a forum for healing inspiring and uplifting entertainment here is your host winifred adams
2: you're listening to making life brighter and this is winifred adams i'm your host and today we have special guest carlo mccloskey who is now a brand new author, and she has a wonderful new book to share with us today. Grandma told me so. Lessons in Life and Love is something we're going to talk about as we get into this in the next few segments, and it's a divine book. You're going to have to check this book out, and she'll be doing uh, shows coming up and some signings in different places regarding the book, so you'll want to definitely catch that in Malibu and take a nice day out to the coast and listen to her talk about this, because... This is a very sweet story. So welcome, Carla. Thank you. Thank you, Winifred. A pleasure to be here with you. This is really fun to to have you here today. And you have a tremendous history that you share with us in bits and pieces in this book. But your history starts in art, in your own talent, and in film. So tell us a little bit about what your background is in terms of the film work that you've done. Because you've worked... On movies like Jurassic Park, you've you've worked with major um, directors and and producers and people in film and big big productions. So, what's that been like in your life?
3: Well, um, after graduating from the University of Wisconsin and studying in Spain and and, and everywhere, it seems like I'm always learning. The complete student. Um I came out to Los Angeles and I really didn't know anybody, didn't have any connections. And I found out about the about the assistant director's training program, which I think is a fabulous program. And I applied for this not really knowing what it was. My background it actually had been as an actor. And um and thought I thought I'd try this. And um it turns out that thousands of people apply for this. And they just choose like, you know, six or seven people a year. And I was lucky enough to be chosen to do that work. And hence then started my career. After you finish that work, then you become a member of the Director's Guild. My very first day in the business, I met my husband, Lee McCloskey, who was a star of the show that they put me on. And um, I just went on to do amazing shows, amazing people that I met and it, it's a very, very difficult job. And you kind of give your lifeblood in working 18 to 20 hours. But um, it doesn't,
2: was rewarding. Doesn't most of that really fall on to you? I mean, people say the director has the, holds the key to the whole thing. And I, and I believe that. But really, in a film production, you're doing a lot of work in that position. I agree lot. with you. <laughs> you
3: can ask anybody in film. And the assistant director has the most difficult job. It is it is very demanding because you're in charge of everything. It's not that you just have to worry about wardrobe or you just have to worry about lighting or whatever. You have to be in control of everything, and it's a very demanding job. And especially on the shows I worked on, such as Hook and, I mean, big, big shows. You mentioned Jurassic Park. Um, it is very complex. It takes a lot of time. So primarily during the many, many years, almost 40 years that I've worked with, you know, as an assistant director and a director, I was an assistant director, working with amazing directors that, you know, Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, Herbert Ross, Catherine Bigelow, many, many and even share, which was great.
2: Um, How was that? Was that fun? That was
3: fabulous. I did her very first show, which was a HBO, oh. If These Walls Could Talk. Yeah. And um, so it was great. And then I went to, I actually introduced job sharing to the Directors Guild, which had never been done. I introduced it as a second assistant director and then again as the first assistant director. So I actually could have some time with my family.
2: And well, that was very creative, yeah, that's, because that's changed the that's whole industry, hasn't it? Great.
3: You know, not that much, really. Not I, I really did it for women, you know, people with children, people that have elderly parents, people that maybe want to write or do something else because it's so consuming, and to have some time off, actually. And not that many people take advantage of it, but I definitely did, and it helped me a great deal.
2: It sounds like it. in the so. book you you worked with your careers and with your family so nicely, and that's not always common. Yeah. You, you state that in the book. But back to your movies for a minute. We'll get into the book in, in our next segment, and you all have to read the book. It's really fantastic, and she tells these stories in such a great way, and she has such a wise take on love, relationships, life in general and how to navigate. So I wouldn't miss this this summer at all. I want to ask you about the harrowing skydive experience Mm -hmm. that you had, that you talk about in the book. I mean, first of all, we'll get to the story of it in a second, but I have to know the answer first. Did you stay on the film after that? Did you finish the film after that event? Yes, I did. The film was
3: Point Break. Catherine Bigelow directed it, but we were doing all the second unit Shots for the skydiving. I mean, it's a big film for surfing and for skydiving. We were doing all the skydiving and I did stay on it, but um, we did have to come back a few months later and to finish or some additional things. And I chose not to do that because it was
2: going back and you didn't the, want to go out to the ocean again and do that all.
3: wasn't I think maybe there was a schedule conflict too. it wasn't because I love the people we were working with and everything else so so that was well
2: to give people a little history, she she got uh, her airplane got clipped by a helicopter that she was in while they were filming or preparing to film, and the airplane was crashing <laughs> and they had to parachute out. Oh my god. Seriously. So you're having this spiritual kind of surreal experience. And you said you didn't know what happened to the, the visions that went by you that looked like they landed on on the ground that didn't move. And you have no way to explain that today. Tell us a little bit about this whole thing and how it came to pass. Um, about the, the what- when, when the airplane clipped, got clipped. Tell us what that was like, and then when you had to jump out, what that felt like, and your whole experience okay. of it.
3: Okay. Well, it was it was very interesting, because I'd been working with these amazing stunt um, jumpers for some time. And even the cam- cameramen would, who'd jump out of the plane and have headgear cameras, which I don't even know how they did that, because they had to, like, twist their neck, because the weight on their heads were so, you know, heavy... But um, the guys were always asking me, you know, hey, don't you want to do this? Come on. And I had heard them for a long time talking about, you know, we have to go visit Joe. He went in and, you know, he became a paraplegic or something. And believe me, I know that there are many skydiving enthusiasts that love it. And I don't mean to condemn the sport. But I just said, you know, I have a family. I have two daughters. And it doesn't really hold that intrigue for me. So it was really odd. We were having this discussion right before. It's like the universe takes you places that you have no control over and literally the plane it was a huge jolt and it was like we're hit we're going down and I'm like (laughs) did I just jump into a John Wayne World War II movie so it was very this adrenaline craziness in the plane and like jump 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 out and I'm sort of like okay, that seems like a good idea. And so I really equate it in the book to sort of Alice Through the Looking Glass, because you go from this high adrenaline, and you jump out in the wind, and then after you pull, it's just utter silence. But you've
2: never done that before. Never.
3: I had no idea. This was an emergency jump to save your life. And there's actually a club that is called the... um, I think it's called the flying caterpillar something caterpillar that your first jump is an emergency jump you can become a member of this club and there aren't very many people in this club i'm still waiting for my pin
2: who's ever looking for this, oh, listening to this hilarious. it's as you're going down and you're realizing this is real i don't know how to land i don't know where to go to what was that like as you kind of came down and you realized that you know you have an opportunity to live now But what's below me? How do I get there? Well, I was really glad we weren't over Lake Powell, which we had (laughs) been for some time.
3: (laughs) I thought, water jump? I don't know. But um, I don't know. I never really am fearful or nervous or, you know, it was sort of like, wow, this is pretty amazing. And sort of I just was very careful because I didn't want to disturb what was happening, and at first, as I mentioned, I, I didn't even know if I was coming down, because I didn't seem, it seemed to take forever, and I'm like, what is going on here? And then, as I got closer to the ground, um, a del- fabulous hero, heroic stuntman was on there, s- running back and forth and screaming at me, and I'm like, I know he's telling me something really important, but I couldn't hear him, and finally, I heard him, he's going, stare toward the airport, stare toward the airport, and I'm like, What? What airport? How do I steer? Because I <laughs> had am I? one of the old round shoots ah. where the new ones are the rectangular, you can really toggle and move and everything. And I'm just like, okay, just don't disturb anything. But somehow I managed to do what he was saying just by shifting weight slightly or whatever. And
2: it was, you know, I landed and was okay. And you, you live to tell this exactly. amazing story. So you said after that you, you were in a big hurry to find out if everyone else made it and everyone was okay.
3: Yes, some slight injuries, but nothing you know, nothing serious. What a miracle. And all the
2: people watching Point Break would never know. They would never know (laughs) that all that happened unless you had the outtakes (laughs) in the back of the film and someone on the ground could show that this really wasn't a stunt. But you live to tell and you've lived to have this amazing journey through life, which you've now kind of culminated into this story of your around your grandmother's wise words and all the wisdom that she brought to you throughout your life and what I'd like to go into in the next segment when we come back from our break is to talk about all the ways in which your grandmother affected you and how that kind of support system really does change you because it seems to me like somewhere along the way you must have written all these down and just had them in your mind like oh grandma would say that grandma would say that grandma would say that Where did they come from?
3: From memory, basically, because she said them so often. And they're not necessarily her own, you know, words. They're they're sort of like if you grow up with, you know, the proof is in the pudding or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily, I I heard it so often. And so those types of things in that regard. But her wisdom stayed with me and has stayed with me forever. And um, she basically raised me and was this amazing woman that I really owe so
2: much to You told me uh, a quick story about um, how she shows up in your life. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that story and the touching moment that you had when your grandmother maybe showed up in spirit to you. Because sometimes (laughs) spirit just shows up. And, you know, for me, it's pennies. I find pennies everywhere. And when it has to do with music or anything, pennies come. And so I always write the date on them and I keep them. And I write kind of what, what it was or where it was and all these things. But we have these synchronicities all over. All
3: it. the time. And the thing is that the more you take notice of them and be thankful for them, the more they occur. I, th- I think they just keep happening and happening. And you go, thank you very much. I appreciate this.
2: Well, you and your husband Lee, uh, you put on these very meaningful consciousness presentations and talks here at your home in Malibu, which is where we are today, live for you. And she is part and parcel of this amazing presentation of consciousness that goes on. And so it is so sweet, and it's so meaningful. And I don't think enough people are even taking advantage of this on a regular basis yet. But I encourage everybody to come out and see Lee's artwork, meet Carla, and pick up a copy of her book, Grandma Told Me So lessons in life and love and you won't be disappointed either way because if you haven't come here yet to enjoy everyone that does show up here of consciousness and to share in the movies and the things that they do then you should because Olander for Emerging Renaissance is what it's called and it's fantastic what a great foundation and to see Lee's painted room upstairs we've talked about before and you can go back to those archives and listen to that but we're going to talk more with Carla and all the magic that comes along with it we'll be right back
1: The future of online
0: TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
4: Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer will you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
0: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Health & Wellness channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with Medical Intuitive Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at com. Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now, back to the show with your host, Miss Winifred Adams.
2: And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and this is Winifred Adams, and I'm here today with Carla McCloskey, who's written the book, Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love. And we're talking with Carla today, and she was just telling us about her amazing uh, skydiving experience, which was an emergency jump out when she was making the movie Point Break, and she has worked with all great directors and all sorts of people, but has now taken a different turn in life out of film a little bit more as time progressed when she had a family and moved more into kind of a consciousness understanding through things. Well,
3: I definitely my children I raised throughout my film experience. That's it's the, the what we're doing here at Olandar um, is relatively new, you know, compared to my forty year career. So definitely my children were raising in college and I'm still I was still working in film. But um, it was something, as we age, I can't really work 18 to 20 hours a day as easily. And it was just seemed right that we start doing this. You know, And I can tell you more about that later. But, um, yeah, so that's not been.
2: But just like in the book, for example, you, you write about love. You write about life. You write about the wisdom of a very sound relationship, which you and your husband have. And, it, you know, in today's society, that's kind of rare.
3: It's extremely rare, extremely rare. You know, everybody's sort of like if Lee just had his birthday celebration, he's born on the solstice, so um, June 21st, and it was also Father's Day, and we had a wonderful, huge celebration here, and people all spoke. We got in a circle to honor the solstice and life in general, and they just said that, you know, we are such... A foundation for all of them. They said, you know, if we and Carla ever, anything ever happened to their relationship, <laughs> the world would end. And someone goes, well, at least I know how to end the world.
2: <laughs> well, it's true because the two of you really epitomize the idea of support and a loving foundation. And I'm sure that your kids have taken advantage of that, whether they realize it or not. You know, I'm sure that you've, you've raised them with the same kind of feeling, but the two of you just work in harmony and there is no opposition to what is happening. You, you literally are a unit. We are.
3: I mean, we each are very, very individual and we have our own, you know, it's not like we're overshadowing one another. Or, you know, Sometimes people are like, if they don't know me, and Lee does this amazing um, kind of tour of the Hieroglyph before an event, and, and it's just so fantastic. The Hieroglyph, the human soul people come from all over to see it. But they'll go, and so what do you do? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to worry about me. I'm definitely a fulfilled woman, a fulfilled <laughs> person. <laughs>
2: so Absolutely. Well, you've had a tremendous career. And uh, what inspired this book, really? Where did this come from? At what point did you say, I need to do this?
3: Well, I've always wanted to help people affect people And I literally meditated on this. I was working on major films, and eventually I went into um, television more where I started directing. Gilmore Girls, I did all of that. And I, I I was really, even though these are wonderful productions and the films I did I'm very proud of, I just felt I personally wanted to sort of leave something for future generations and what better thing to do is to write down something. I didn't think of that though. I didn't know. I just wanted to leave something or do something. So I meditated and meditated literally for months. Nothing. And all of a sudden, i not all of a sudden, but I literally heard write what you know. And I'm like, what I know is this amazing relationship that Lee and I have and how I could help people And what I had been doing with all of my friends and many times giving them advice, but we have this very wonderful relationship that I just thought I could impart a lot of wisdom to people.
2: And you do. I mean, each chapter is is like a lesson, and you use these... Could I call them idioms that your grandmother would say? Something maxims that they, is what maxims? I call them. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, they are, and they're so, they're so much fun, and you've applied them to each point that you're making about relationship and love. And some of it's quite frank. I mean, you really don't hold back. <laughs> you talk about people you know. You talk about all the different experiences you've had and what you've learned from that. And the candor in which you speak is really refreshing it's it's sweet and it's easy to read and yet it's honest it's a kind of truth where you it's you're coming from this very grounded place mm-hmm. of I've experienced this I know this I've seen this over time and I love that I just love that Thank it's, it's you. so nice to read being a better you that's that's like the foundation of the whole book isn't it yes. really you have to take responsibility for yeah. yourself and yes. that's what I think you're talking about in quite a bit of this and and um, You know, the next chapter, for example, is the purpose of life is to love. Wow, well, if that isn't a theme that we all need to embrace, right? Especially today. And how has that affected your life? When you've come to realize what you did about the purpose of life is to be loving. I mean, I know you spoke of different experiences where you you were corrected, if I can put it that way, by your husband or by life's experiences and your assumption of them. And life chose otherwise to show you, and you learn from it. And then you changed, and you actually applied it. Now, there's the key. That's completely
3: the key, Winifred. It's always that to keep learning and to change. It's hard to change. But it's if when you do make that effort and you do change, I mean, it's so rewarding. I mean, we have to constantly evolve and and try to be a better person every every day, really. And I'm still working on it. I'm sure all of us are. And... And it's just very important to do that. And that, that is kind of my message, that you do have the power to change. You do, you can make things better. You don't have to be a victim. You can really make a difference in your life and everybody that you touch and how you react. And, um, yes, I, I've had to grow and learn many, many things, and I still work on them
2: every day, believe me. But isn't that part of it? I mean, really, that is the fun of life, if people could see it that way, because you're taking responsibility for not only how you feel, but how you interact with life, and how then you almost direct life, no pun intended, back to give you that love again.
3: That's, you know? that's very, very true. I agree.
2: I mean, you. I, I just think it's interesting when I was reading this, I'm thinking, okay, she sees through the eyes of a camera lens, and she knows the whole scene in front of her and kind of how to make all that come together and work, both in emotion as well as the technical pieces of it. And when you're writing this book, it's also talking about how you're seeing life and how you're feeling life. It's it's almost one and the same, you know? it's It's funny that your job has taken you to this place of looking at the whole of life in terms of that story. So, if your story is about transformation and change, how would you sum that up in the, this chapter of the purpose of life is to love? What is the the key maxim that your grandmother would give you for that particular idea of love? Well, I think it's something that we all know. It's
3: certainly been shared through every religious text and, you know, that Love, compassion, kindness is really—I mean—that's that—is what makes the world go around, really. And we have to—we have to—to to realize that. And I, I know it sounds rather cliche that oh, love. But love is so essential, and I can't tell you. I mean, I've had little messages that have been carved into trees or something that, you know, reinforces my my vision of this, and it's just very, very important.
2: Oh, tell us the story about your grandmother,
3: because this was sweet. Yes. Well, uh, my grandmother was very important to me, as I mentioned, and raised me, and she passed away. She actually walked me down the aisle when I married Lee and then um, passed away A couple years later Um, and I was pregnant with our first daughter and I was walking back from the beach and I was kind of lamenting the fact that missing my grandmother very much and kind of having my talk with I as in the book I'm always talking to the universe and getting different things and I'm like grandma I just wish you could be here I wish that you could meet my child and that she because I knew it was a girl. Could <laughs> meet you. And just sort of lamenting that. And my grandmother always, always called me Ducky. I guess it was her English heritage. <laughs> we would call each other and Pip Pip Ducky. I would call her no matter where I was on New Year's Eve, throughout the world. I traveled a great deal. I always say that. And she always called me Ducky. So I'm walking home and, you know, kind of lamenting her absence. And I saw something ahead in the middle of the road, and I walk up, and I see there a perfectly unwrapped uh, package with a baby outfit in it, and on the front of it is a big ducky. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. So what it tells me is our loved ones are always with us. They're there. And, um, and that was just amazing to me and wonderful. An affirmation. An affirmation, of, yes.
2: Of- how much you're loved, and yes. that you're looked after, yes, and that yes. you're not alone. And she probably knew all about your daughter coming in, and wow.
3: Interestingly enough, my grandmother had a unique, as we know, always the smell, the essence of someone stays with you. And um, you know, when Caitlin was born, and to this day, she smells exactly like my grandmother. <laughs> and
2: I was like, Caitlin, come over here, Aww. please. <laughs> she Aww. always laughs. That's so sweet because. You know, we lose them, but we don't lose them. And I think part of what you're saying in this book also is that you're responsible for your own connection. Mm -hmm. And when you're connected to the universe, as you say, and when you're connected to others, especially your significant other, you take that energy and amplify it. So you hold tight to it and it doesn't leave you, kind of like what you just said a minute ago. It doesn't really leave you. No. It It transmutes or transforms into something (laughs) and reminds you. Um, I know when I was speaking with Lee in one of the past interviews, he was talking about the um, the heron that came in, yes. right? And so the messages come in a variety of ways, and you have stated some of these interesting um, little synchronicities that have come along to you along the way. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Carla, and we'll be right back with more Making Life Brighter. You can find us on... You can find us on Making Life Brighter on Facebook, and you can find us on makinglifebrighter.com. You can go to the radio tab there and see all the archive shows that we've done, and check out that, and as well as hear this show on the archives later in the day. And you can get live links for every show that we do each week. So when we come back, we're going to talk more to Carla about the meaning of each chapter of her book because it's so fantastic. And again, it's called Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love. And you'll definitely want to check that out. We'll be right back.
0: Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Making life brighter. Your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world. To facilitate optimum health, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com.
2: We're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we have Carla McCloskey here today, and she is talking about her new book, which is called Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love, which you can find on Amazon.com. So check it out because it's a wonderful, wonderful, sweet story of her life and how she's learned things along the way in relationship in love and just general basic concepts of the core to our life and how you can live a happy life. And you know you're a prime example of what happy is. Sincerely, and happy isn't giddy and silly and all over the place. Although happy, that too, yeah, <laughs> it is. But but you have this grounded happy. It's a it's a core contentment, and that radiates from you. So I, and- I also just want to mention that the ebook is also available
3: um, on BarnesandNoble.com and um, a variety of other places that you can can Google.
2: And so you have a, an event coming up?
3: Yes. I also want to stress, if you're in the Malibu area at all, please support our local businesses. I'm very involved in politics in Malibu and trying to help small businesses. And um, Bank of Books on Point Doom, I'll be having a, a reading there on July 25th. It's Saturday, July 25th at 2 p.m. And support that bookstore, if you are at all in the area.
2: And you can get a signed copy of Carla's book there that day. At Gra- uh, it's called Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love. And you have a concept in your book that was really fun for me, and it's called No Fault Marriage in- Insurance. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Tell us what No Fault Marriage Insurance means <laughs> well, I to think, a good
3: relationship. <laughs> I think it's very, very important. Because so often we blame each other for things that, you know, silly things that could go wrong. And instead of either taking responsibility or just going, you know, you know what happens, you know, it's just, it's not anybody's fault necessarily, just things go wrong. And too often it's like, well, I can't believe you did that. Why didn't you, you know, fill the car up with gas so you didn't run out on the freeway or or whatever it may be. And I think it's so important that when any kind of tragedy, large or small strikes, that you are together as a unit to work with it and to to try to amend whatever you can and and come out better on the other end. And if you alienate your strongest supporter and ally by blaming them for something, it's just not going to work. So it's always best, no fault insurance, we're just not going to blame one another, we will try to resolve whatever the issue is together
2: now the maxim for that one is things happen
3: yes <laughs> that's what i just said it's, they do things happen they definitely do and it's not necessary you don't have to explain yourself i mean it's like a child sometimes like well i, I did it because of this and, and well i didn't mean to do this and it's like you know that's fine you don't have to you know just say i'm whatever i'm sorry or this just happened or doesn't have to give a whole litany of excuses or reasons why
2: you don't have to amplify the story at all you no. in fact it's kind of like Um, If I can say it this way Unwriting the story Of potential that happens between two people You're speaking of How to take responsibility And one of the things you say Which I think is really interesting Is talking about how both parties should earn money That You're you're really adamant about that.
3: (laughs) Well, I I only say that if it's important to you. If money's important to you, I say, earn it yourself. I said, I I give the story, and I try to relate through the books, many times a myth or another folktale or a story, not just from my own personal experience. But one time, I mean, when uh, Brighton, our youngest daughter, was talking with a friend, and one little girl was saying at the time they were quite young. She said, well, when I get older, I'm going to marry a rich man. And Brighton says, Well, I'm just gonna make the money I want or need and marry whoever I want. And I thought, <laughs> Why? That's so true. So if it is important to you, you know, don't don't sacrifice so many people because they don't have money or whatever else. You know, you try to do it yourself or work together to do it together.
2: And another thing you talk about in the book is sharing. And it's a point that, you know, you should really share equally, no matter who makes the money, no matter how it gets distributed, that you really are a unit. And you made the point that the two of you from day one, when you were talking, having your marriage counseling prior to being married, that it was the person marrying you that was surprised by how you know, on the same page, the two of you were and how committed to each other that you already were almost like you didn't need to get married to be that committed.
3: (laughs) Well, it was surprising to me considering that he had married many, many people. And I didn't think, you know, I would think everybody would feel this way. And he's like, wow. And also we had a, a, a business manager um, early on in our relationship, and his advice was keep your money separate. Both Lee and I are working in the film industry. He is an actor, and I was, as I mentioned, assistant director, director, et cetera, et cetera, and keep your money separate. And I'm like, why would we do that? We're a, we're a partnership. And then I realized he'd been married four times, and I'm sure went through horrible divorces. He was making a business decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, was.
3: But, you know, if you really want to be focused on your relationship and and have it be about that you know I I think that my opinion is that you should share and you should put your money together and otherwise it's like well I may be out of here in a few years so I'm keeping it separate but
2: that's kind of a withholding really then you're not really in the relationship Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. you're one foot in and one foot out and something sweet that you mention in the book is how the two of you reach out to each other and you spoon and you you are warm with one another and i think that's a big piece that's missing with people today
3: oh it's huge it's huge you have to have the physical contact lee and i and i'm sure many other people do but we can literally touch each other and feel the molecules kind of melt and so when he has very high energy and he's very frenetic i literally can touch him and he says the same thing that it just it calms and it soothes and spooning is wonderful as i'm sure spooning is you know, where you fit behind each other, in front of each other, that you actually sort of become one unit. And also hugging. I mean, I, as a little child, I'd always say, squeeze out the pad, breathe in the good. <laughs> and that's something we do. I just think it's important. Touch, 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 touch.
2: What's so amazing about this story and your writing, what you have learned in this is that you didn't grow up with that example. You grew up with love. You felt loved. And You know, this is interesting I was having this conversation with someone the other day About how people do feel loved But you grew up Feeling loved Despite your parents being divorced You didn't carry the weight Of negativity with you in any way Or carry any of their weight per se, right?
3: Very true I'm very blessed with being an eternal optimist And I, you know My memory is completely Something horrible could have happened And I'll remember it quite positively (laughs) But growing up I think I was so young when my parents were divorced, I was one, um, that I really didn't know anything different. And once again, my mother was amazing in supporting three children, and but she had to work. She had to work all the time. And um, my grandmother was there. I knew all of her Her friends, so I still to this day have such an affinity for the elderly. And I was raised in a wonderful small town of Lodi, Wisconsin, and it does take a village. I was very involved in the school and everything about the town and and everyone sort of came together and and I did feel I had two older sisters and my father I did see and I always felt tremendously supported by everyone and loved by everyone, and I never did. I didn't really know anything different, so it wasn't anything. But my point was being that you don't necessarily have to have this example in order for you to have a good relationship. You kind of know innately, I think.
2: And I think you really make that point clear. And if there's anyone that's looking to understand how to make a relationship work, she spells it out so well in this book. It's it's a little bit of... Well, people would call it um, a prescriptive nonfiction, almost, <laughs> in the way that you summarize at the end of each chapter your points and the things that you're you're speaking about. And I think it's really valuable because though you're talking about personal experiences and you're bringing in your own personal experiences and how your grandmother affected you, uh, you're also speaking about how people can turn around and see this from their perspective and actually utilize what you're saying and apply it to their lives. And that is so key. Because people can say, oh yeah, that's great for you. That's nice for you. You believe that. But how does that work for me? And I think you've done such a masterful job in this book of doing that for people. And so if people are having relationship questions or issues, I do highly recommend that you get this book and read it because it talks about love. And you speak of love through the whole thing, through responsibility, through all these different pieces and parts in your life. Now, as as you look back on your life, what's one of the most poignant things that stands out to you that you've learned? What's one of the number one things that you've learned?
3: Well, I have a whole uh, chapter entitled Lessons from Lee, and I think I have four different things that primary, although there are many, many lessons. And I think this is one, the first one I mention is... Um, I forgot monster. the the, yeah, the, the, the green green-eyed eyed monster. monster, about jealousy. I mean, jealousy can really hurt you in so many areas of your life, not just with a personal relationship, but with everybody. And and I wasn't really raised in the sense of, you know, I was kind of raised with jealousy a lot. And so learning from Lee, those sort of major lessons, not the, the jealousy one sticks out and I put it first for that reason, but jealousy is such a wasted, wasted energy And if you can live your life without that, it just frees up so much more and just makes life much easier and much better. I love your story in
2: the book about, about how you assumed different scenarios were happening when they weren't happening and how you were if I could say humbled, to realize they weren't and relieved all at the same time. And
4: and the the
2: ego got thrown out the window in in place of, (laughs) oh, cool, I have a great guy. (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. And and it's interesting that
3: I could come to a place where I don't... Eventually... Um, being a director, of course, that sort of stays in my mind, but Lee would have, you know, people say, how do you deal with love scenes that he does with other women? And the, the, the good example of that was he was on a show and they were rehearsing in front of a, uh, an audience and I was in the audience and it was a love scene. I mean, he's never actually had to do a hardcore love scene, but it was kissing and whatever. And so uh, they took a break and he came over to talk to me. And then he went back over, and the lead actress goes, Uh-oh, you must be in trouble, right? What happened? He says, Well, actually, she told me that I should be more passionate. She didn't buy it, that I didn't
2: believe it,
3: which is true. That's exactly what I said to him.
2: Now, that that's security right there. We'll be back with more Carla McCloskey and Grandma Told Me So. Stay tuned.
0: Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer will you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.makinglifebrighter.com.
0: Have you friended us on Facebook yet?
2: You've been listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm here today with you with Carla McCloskey, and she's the author of Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love. And we've been having a wonderful discussion about her wisdom and what she's learned throughout her lifetime so far regarding how to make a relationship work, or any relationship work for that matter, as well as just life's little ways of carrying us through and how to do it with elegance. Right, I mean, you talk quite a bit in your book about love, and you talk about intimacy, and you talk about taking responsibility, and you talk about how to take responsibility, and give suggestions on how to approach different situations, actually, and then you put in your opinion of how you feel around this, and all of it's just so impactful, and you do it in such a nice way, (laughs) because many people have a hard time learning truth our our egos like to jump in the middle of it and you have a beautiful way of writing all the different things that not only did you learn from your own life but from others around you and how others impacted you and you have you're in a setting here at Olander where you have people come in on a regular basis weekly and all kinds of people. Come Sometimes too. daily. Yeah, right. Sometimes <laughs> Many daily. <does> daily. <laughs> and you have like the patience of an angel to, to go through all that. But you're sharing and you've committed to sharing along with your husband. So tell us what this foundation is. Tell us more about what you offer here and why people could benefit from coming here. Well, it started, I've always thought the
3: ideas of salons were wonderful to actually help people um, have a venue to present their work. But also, especially in Malibu, To have a community sense where people can can exchange ideas and thoughts and and have uh, a, a common ground where we are all here to express and explore together and be the curious of life. And uh, we've had discussion groups here for over 35 years. Lee was primarily involved with this because I was usually working late <laughs> and wouldn't always get here, but many times I would be, hence the job sharing, so I could do that as well have some time off. And then um, after I really stopped working, um, oddly enough, my plumber gave me a CD and, of his music and it was fabulous and I'm like realizing that Los Angeles is kind of a mecca where all these artists come because you know they are musicians they're you know actors who have one man shows they're filmmakers who have amazing documentaries they're Every kind of, you know, we have such a wealth and a richness here. And so I thought, I really want to give these people a venue so they have some place. Because we've all, you know, had perhaps they've had to take a day job, but they still have this amazing talent and this amazing fire that I want to give them a place. And that's really the genesis of the whole thing. And it just has grown and grown. Really, the only way, they say we're the best-kept secret in Los Angeles, is to be, the only way to find out about these is, well, you can go to Facebook. Lee J. McCloskey uh, is my husband's Facebook page. I try to post the events there a couple of days before. And then our um, email list. And the only re- way you get on the email list is if you are here attending an event or you ask to be on it. And I now have literally thousands of people on the email list. So, um, it has grown. We, we primarily show documentaries and, um, with the filmmakers as often as I can. And I have people, I mean, we've had people like Phil Donahue or Louis Soroya of The Cove or Tom Shadiak with I Am and um, people I've had the Yale Acapella Choir perform here I've had just amazing things and I feel so blessed I love this I just love it so much as I said I'm a student of life so we have such wide ranging topics it can be a political thing it can be a health issue it could be about the wild ponies it can be whatever that I learn, Even the one-man shows about Thomas Paine or Walt Whitman, and it's just so, so rich and so rewarding. I always applaud my audience. I said, you are the people who care. You are the people who show up, who are... And literally, they come hundreds of miles many times. I'm amazed, and I'm just so happy that they do. So we can continue this wonderful, wonderful exchange and um, just addition to life that makes it so much
2: better. This is... A gift to our community, really. I mean, the people that come get to benefit from your generosity and the togetherness and the unity that you and Lee show. And and it comes through in, in every way. I mean, you're both such gracious hosts to these events. And they're educational as well as uplifting, and that's really the theme of Making Life Brighter. We're including in this the idea that, just like you said, Olander is a renaissance emerging Renaissance foundation and the idea is to bring that kind of light forward to inspire people again. That's what to- Leo always says, let the Renaissance begin with you and at Olandar that is
3: what we're trying to do and every event that we have Lee does a tour of the hieroglyph of the human soul, which is stunning. I mean, it is so, that alone, it is. I mean, it's like, I can't, I don't it even is. know how to describe it. You can go to his website, which is www.leemccloskey.com. Lee is L-E-I-G-H. And um, there are some photographs also on his Facebook page. And Olandar Foundation for Emerging Renaissance, there's a Facebook page for that as well. To see some ideas, but to, to experience in person is just an amazing, amazing, just life-changing. Literally, I've had people, you know, burst out in tears or how they've changed their life. And people come from all over the world to see this, and it's well worth it, let me tell you. So so the evening or the afternoon is is quite wonderful because it starts with this tour, and then we have whatever the event might be. So it's so rich. People often leave floating out the door. And since (laughs) Lee has painted on the floor, the ceilings, the walls, the furniture, the books, and it all becomes multidimensional when you put these glasses on, to go up there, you do need to take your shoes off because you're actually walking on the painting. You're part of the painting. And I've literally had people leave here without their shoes.
2: (laughs) You (laughs) have a shoe
3: closet. They're like, really, I always say, go out in the garden, ground yourself, hug a tree, And, uh, because it is, it's just quite an experience.
2: Well, this is a divine experience. And, uh, if you haven't heard the shows I've done with Lee, definitely go back and check those out. He has a wonderful way of speaking and he really talks about some profound things. And one of his themes to everything that he does in his artwork is that if you don't like the story you're telling, tell a different story. And so, you know, this is just, it truly, it's an experience. And you need to come and experience. And as we grow in consciousness as a group, this is a wonderful place to do that and to share in the richness of others of like mind and like heart. And so you, you can come here, and you can actually purchase Carla's book as well. <laughs> and many of Lee's books. <laughs> and many of Lee's books and his artwork. Yes, you can exactly. see it all and have this experience. Plus, you get to see these great documentaries and anything that's being presented. You've had you've had some amazing speakers. I mean, all the way from book authors to uh, other films and my goodness, sacred geometry, yeah. you know, people from all over the world, and
3: um, I could go I'm, I'm blanking right now, but there's just been such a, a rich diversity and interest, and it's, it's fabulous. I mean, I've had had the Dalai Lamas chanting monks from you know Tibet, and I've like, you know, it's, it's
2: very, very unique. It's it's a place to share consciousness, for sure. So thank you so much for coming today and thank being you. with us. And again, your event is at Bank of Books in Malibu on July 25th at 2 p.m., correct? Correct, yes. Yes, and you can get a signed copy, and you can meet Carla in person, and uh, she invites you out to that event because it'll be a great way to share in the community, and it's a wonderful bookstore, too. It's a yes, great it common area. It's a It's a neat little hub in Malibu. We don't really have... Uh, a town square per se but it's part of the town square if we can call it that
3: yeah. <laughs> and actually Olandar is come, becoming kind of the town square that's as well true. I think with so many people coming here for community So
2: that's true, well thank you for coming again you can buy the book on Amazon Grandma Told Me So, Lessons in Life and Love by Carla McCloskey and Carla I have one quick question what makes your life brighter? my family her family, thank you so much <laughs> for listening you're listening to Making Life Brighter we'll talk to you next week, stay tuned for more
1: Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us each week at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out.
0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio
4: Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.